You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. Because he's not in the grave. If it wasn't for that truth, if it wasn't for that fact, we would probably be right now at the lake, at the river, at an Easter egg hunt. But the fact of the matter that Jesus is alive and well, that he is the savior of mankind, makes us gather together. There are millions this weekend that are coming together to celebrate the fact of the resurrection. And when you look at the resurrection, you see that that this holiday, this, this, this reality, speaks to the grave. It screams at the grave, and it says, Jesus is not dead, he's alive. And because of that truth... As his people, we can say, you know what? The grave doesn't have the last word over us or our loved ones. Because of Christ, we will live forever in the presence of God. Amen? And that's what these lilies are all about. You know, for for, for years, the church has uh, brought lilies as a threefold uh, thing is, is what lilies are all about. Number one, it's a grieving, and that tells us that there is grief at death. When we see Jesus being nailed to the cross, when we see the disciples being scattered, we see that they grieve. When our loved ones go before us, we grieve. But it also speaks to another thing. It speaks to thankfulness. Thankfulness that God didn't leave death as the last word that he said, I sent you an antidote, and that antidote is the Messiah. And that antidote is Jesus Christ who came to conquer death. And the third thing that lilies speak to us is they speak about hope. That we can be hopeful. See, we mourn, but not as ones that have no hope. There's going to be a trumpet sound. (laughs) One of these mornings, one of these evenings, and the eastern sky is going to split with the glory of God. And Jesus is going to come. For his people and the dead will be raised first. That's what the Bible says. So every Easter we celebrate this truth. I want to speak to you this morning about uh, this title right here. One cross, one man, and a world that was changed forever. Let me pray as we go into this message. Father, I want to thank you for this first service, Lord. Thank you for those that are in here in the sanctuary. Thank you for those that are out there in the um, student center with the live feed. We thank you, Lord, that you have brought us together as one for one reason. That is to worship the living God. We don't serve a dead God. We don't serve a Savior who's in the grave. We serve a risen Lord. And because of that, Lord, I just pray that this message will glorify you and that every person here will be impacted, that their souls will be revived, and that we'll go out with Christian hope as we go out throughout the day. So we pray this in Jesus' name, and all of God's people said, amen. Amen. So let's talk about three things. 
First thing is one cross. One cross. The cross of Jesus Christ is central to the faith of every believer. Because it's the one cross of, the, of Jesus that reconciles the broken relationship that we have with the living God. I love the way that Ravi Zacharias put it like this. He's a great theologian. He said, outside of the cross of Jesus Christ, there is no hope in this world. That cross and that resurrection at the core of the gospel is the only hope for humanity. Wherever you go, ask God for wisdom on how to get that gospel in, even in the toughest situations of life. What does it tell us this this morning? It tells us that that one cross is the only hope for our neighbors. It's the only hope for that person at at our job. It's the only hope for that student at school that's going through a difficult time. The one cross is the only hope for humanity. I started thinking about that and... And, and, and I, I, I just pondered it. And, and the reason that the cross of Jesus is so important is because there's no other way and there's no other means in which a person will be saved. Right. And there's a lot of isms. You know what the isms are? Religion. But each of them is man's attempt to appease God with his or her self-effort. Has anyone ever heard of Buddhism? That's an ism. Anyone ever heard of Hinduism? How about Confucianism? How about Zoroastrianism? And then there's Judaism. And then there's humanism. And then there's atheism. And every one of those is a belief system. Everyone has, every one of those has faith. Atheists have faith that there is no God. Oh boy, that troubles me. Amen? When you look at the creation, it speaks about the mightiness of God. And all of these, every one of these religionism outside of the cross at its very core says, here's what I will do for you, God. It's all about works. It's all about what I can do. I, can, I will be a good person. I'm a better person than my neighbor. Have you ever heard that before? I'm not as bad as that person over there. I'm not as bad as this. I'm, I'm pretty good. God, I don't need you because I got this. But the reality is that no one will ever be a perfect person. In fact, Jesus said this, you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway, and I like the way the NLT puts it like this because it's pretty blunt. The highway to hell, the literal word there is destruction, is broad. It's very wide. And its its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow. And the road is very difficult. And only a few ever find it. Can I tell you why the gate is narrow? Because its entry is through the cross of Jesus. There's only one entry into that narrow gate, and it's through the cross of Calvary. And where Jesus came and he spilled his blood so that we could be forgiven. It doesn't matter what we're going through. And you know why it's difficult? Because when you give your life to Jesus, the world is opposed to you. They're in opposition. They persecute you, and you go through all these things. It's not that you're not going to have the peace of God, because when you receive Jesus Christ, he gives you a peace that surpasses all understanding. 
It's not that you're not going to have the hope of God because you have hope that death will not reign over you. And if death can't reign over you, then nothing will reign over you. You'll have every attribute. You'll have self-control. You'll have faithfulness that comes through the power of the Holy Spirit. All of these attributes. But it's difficult because the world lives its life unfaithful. The world lives its life without peace. In fact, they try to medicate yourself with peace in the world. Amen? Where Jesus is our peace. And he's our hope. And he's our self-control. In the world, we live without self-control. When you receive Christ, you begin to have self-control. So there's nothing like the cross of Jesus. The wide gate is filled with ideas and man-made philosophies which deceive people into believing that you can be saved by your own goodness. That is a lie. You cannot be saved by your own goodness because you will never be good enough. You see, the founder of every one of these isms is lying in a grave. And the founder of Christianity is sitting at the right hand of the Father in power. Can I tell you something, beloved? The cross is the power of God. Through our sins, or though our sins are scarlet, the cross makes us white as snow. Though our sins are, 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 are before us, God chooses not to remember our sins anymore because of his love for us. Religion says you need, to become a, 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 you need to become better so God will accept you. The cross of Jesus says you'll never be good enough so God provided perfection. Isn't that a wonderful, wonderful hope and message and great news? You'll never be good enough, so God provided the perfect one so that you don't have to try in your own strength and in your own good works to appease God. That's what Easter is all about, beloved. It's good news. Religion or the isms, they say do. The cross screams done. Beloved, you don't have to be good enough the cross says Jesus is good enough. Jesus spoke these final words right before he offered his spirit. We saw it in the video. He said, it is finished. That's a very, very huge statement. That means you don't have to do anything anymore. It's been done. All you have to do is receive the love of the cross, receive that forgiveness that comes through the cross, and begin to walk in that because it is finished. I brag about some things, right? I, I boast sometimes about my family. I, I love them. I boast about... We're going to have a baby, you know, get real excited about that. But I agree with the Apostle Paul. He said, um, may it never be that I boast about anything except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. If there's something that we can boast about, that we can say this thing is for sure, 
It is that the cross of Jesus saves us and keeps us saved and is the only hope for the world around us. Why don't you tell your neighbor, thank God for the cross. Amen. So there's one cross. The second thing is there's one man. And I, I don't know about you, but there's a lot of men that intrigue me. There's a lot of men that I see, man, these, these guys, are, they're cool. There's this one guy, they, they show him on television, he's the most interesting man in the world. <laughs> now, I don't know about you guys, but this dude looks like a bad dude, you know? I wouldn't mind just spending a day with him because he's the most interesting man in the world. I thought Mike Bonner was interesting, but this guy... Right? And so I, 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 you know, I think crazy sometimes, and I began to think, what if I hung out with this guy? I know because of Jesus, because I don't know if he's saved. You know, this commercial that he says, I don't always drink, but when I do, I drink those something. I don't know. <laughs> and so the reality here is that, that, that we see these people, they're intriguing. And I, I thought to myself, man, if I would spend some, some time with him, I know that he would find me interesting because I think that I'm one of the most interesting men in the world. Right? And we can battle this, dude. And so I thought to myself, when we got done with, with, with our meeting, that daily uh, 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 hanging out, that daily hangout, I think that he might say something like this. I don't always go to church. But when I do, I prefer Living Word Chapel. Stay thirsty, my friend, for the living water. Amen? That's just the way that I think. I think crazy like that. And then, you know, a lot of men will entertain us, right? There's men that will come around, they'll entertain us. And there's this little dude, man. There's this, his name's Mateo. His name's Matthew. I don't know if you guys have seen him. And, and Mateo, he's, he's, he's famous, right? I don't know if you've seen this. Linda, Linda, listen to me, right? And so little Matthew, you know, if you haven't seen it, just YouTube, Linda, Linda, listen to me. 10.6 million people in a matter of about four months have, hit, have, have went and, and, and listened to this little dude, right? I mean, he is just, he is just entertaining. And so I thought, you know what, if I hung out with his family... I would just want to hang out and say, Mateo, well, how's it going? And he'd probably say, Pastor, Pastor, listen to me. You know, I don't know what he But then I began to think, and, and I think that after this day that I would spend with him, he would probably say something like this. Linda, honey, listen. I want a cupcake at Living Word Chapel. You know what I mean? Some of, the, some of you that have never seen it, you're like, oh, what's he talking about, right? It's all about a cupcake, brother and sister. It's all about a cupcake. So, so there's people that will, that will intrigue us, like the most interesting man in the world. There's people like Matteo, this little dude, that they'll entertain us. And then there are those men that we go to for financial advice, like Dave Ramsey. We offer Dave Ramsey. And whenever uh, you were hurting financially, you know, you go to someone that they can help you. And then there's some men that we call when we, we have major repairs that need to be done. Everyone, anyone ever seen one of those? Huh? They'll get you going when things aren't running in the right direction. You, you, know, what I'm, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> when things are coming up instead of going down, you call this dude, right? But there's only one man who will save 
your soul. You see, you have men that will entertain you, and they're all over the place. You have men that will um, intrigue you, and can I tell you, they come and they go. You have men that will fix your plumbing, and they'll fix your electrical. You have people that maybe men that can fix your finances, but none of these will save your soul. The only one that will save your soul is Jesus Christ. And the reason that he will save your soul is because he's alive and well. And so if you look back to all the isms and all the religion, that will never save your soul. That will just make you try to become someone that's better, but you'll never be perfect. And only perfect people go to heaven. Amen? And the only way you become a perfect person is if the blood of Christ washes you clean. And you go in with his righteousness and not our own righteousness. Do you get that? So it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. There's only one man who was broken so that you could be restored. There's one man who bled so that you could be forgiven. There's one man who was hated so that you and I could be loved by God. There's one man who died so you and I could have life. And that day which seemed hopeless was actually the hope of the world because the grave did not have the last word. Beloved, he gave it all for us so that you and I could receive a new life filled with restoration and grace. Can I tell you, that's why we're here today. Tell someone, hey, I have a new life in Christ. Amen? And if you don't, we're going to give you a chance at the end of the service. The Bible says this, and I love it, in Romans 5.12. It says, therefore, just as through one man, we're talking about one man, sin entered the world and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. Stand up today if you have never sinned. That's very true, because the Bible doesn't lie. But this says, For as through the one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, even so through the obedience of the one man, that's being Jesus, many will be made righteous. One choice led men and women to sin, but one choice leads men and women to be made right. Beloved, one man can change your life Forever, one man can offer us a new life and a new start. And that one man is Jesus Christ. He not only is the most interesting man in the world, he's the savior of the world. He's not only the man that can entertain you, he's a, he can save you. He not only can fix your problems, he'll fix your soul. That's Jesus Christ. The last thing that I want to talk about is a world that was changed forever. The world has been impacted by so many people. How many of you love history? 
I'm a history buff. The Assyrians, they changed their known world. King Xerxes, Artaxerxes, those emperors. Um, the Babylonians, Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, he was called the restorer of temples. He changed his known world. How about the Persians? Anyone heard of the Persians? Anyone ever watched 300? Look at the Persians, all right? Alexander the Great, he came and later he conquered his known world and he changed culture and he changed language. He made Greek the language of the world. Then the Herods came and, uh, and, and they came into uh, Rome and, and they, Rome became a superpower and they changed architecture and they changed the road system. In fact, they, they, there was a saying that all roads lead to Rome. They changed their known world. Then there was people like Napoleon came, Hitler Stalin, they all changed their world in that day. There was people like George Washington and Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln, Theodore Roosevelt. And then there's been people like Bill Gates, Steve Jobs. Anyone know who they are? And they changed their world. But can I tell you something? It was, a, it was and is a temporary change and it's only for a season, but only one man changed the world for eternity. Only one event has changed our destiny forever. And it's Jesus Christ, his cross, and his resurrection from the dead. This event has changed the world forever. B.C. and A.D. has something to do with our world. Amen? The Easter story has the power to change your world forever, beloved. The Bible said, bless, or says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His great mercy has caused us to be born again, to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Every person that I mention, whether that's King Xerxes or Napoleon to even Steve Jobs, who's now passed on, their life and their destiny came to an end. The world goes on without them. But the world will not function without Jesus because he holds it all together. And I want to tell you this, beloved. If Jesus is not a part of your world, that's the reason it's falling apart. The only way that our world will be held together is if we have the creator of the world holding it together. And if Jesus is a part of our life, you're in good hands. You're in the hands of your creator and the sustainer of life and the one who gives us breath. Jesus' dynasty will never come to an end. His kingdom is eternal. And his subjects are really called the family. We're going to live forever. That's something to party about. That's something to eat an EG's about. Amen? 
I love the way that the theologian N.T. Wright, one of my favorite theologians, he put it like this. He says, Easter was when hope in person surprised the whole world by coming forward from the future into the present. In other words, the one who was and who is and who is to come, the one who has always existed and who will always exist, visited his creation. In other words, Jesus was, is, and will be. And yet he came into this world so that we could have a life, a new life, and a restored life. That's who you need in your life today. Beloved, um, your life can change forever today. Amen? Amen? It's Easter Sunday 2014, and your destiny can be changed eternally today. And it's all because of what Jesus did over 2,000 years ago that made this possible. Today is your day for change. If you're not a believer, if you haven't trusted in Jesus, today is the day that you make him the Lord of your life. Amen? It's not about the isms, it's not about being religious. It's about a right relationship with the Father. And that only comes through the cross of Jesus Christ. I am so assured that God brought you here today. You think, but Pastor, no, I came with my parents or I came with my family. No, 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 no. God doesn't work that way. He used your parents He used your family to bring you here. But the reason he brought you here was because Jesus wanted to speak to you. And he used a preacher from Lordsburg, New Mexico, born and raised, to speak to you the good news. But he did it for a reason. He did it because he wants for you to make a choice. Just like Jesus made a choice to go to the cross. Amen? Amen. Because he loves you so very much. He does not want you to live in your own strength and in your own goodness anymore. He does not want you to live your life trying to figure things out on your own anymore. And he proved it to you because he came and he, he, he hung around these tax collectors and he, and he saved prostitutes and he saved drunkards and all these. And, and I know there's none in this service, but maybe next service or maybe some. <laughs> he came for you, beloved. He came to change your destiny. He came to change your life. And here's one thing that he wants me to tell you. What are you waiting for? You don't want to wait another Easter and not say yes to Jesus. You don't want to wait another day. This is the day for you to come to Christ. There's no other way. You can rub the belly of a you know, these little statues? Yeah. <laughs> it ain't going to do nothing. Right. You can pray five times facing a certain way. It ain't going to do nothing. You can say, I don't believe in God. 
That ain't going to do nothing. God believes in you. He made you. You can say, I'm a humanist. I'm in the good for people. That ain't going to help you. What's going to help you is what happened 2,000 plus years ago. And that was that a perfect man came to the earth, lived a perfect life, and died a horrific death. And he said at the end, it is finished. So that you don't have to work anymore and you can receive the grace of God and be forgiven and restored and empowered. If I had some music playing, it'd be really nice. But the praise team is listening to the message. It must be pretty good. Here's the way I'm going to close this service, okay? Here's the way I'm going to close this service. There's, there's, There's some, if not many of you today, that Jesus is calling you. He's knocking on the door of your heart. And he wants for you to embrace his hand and start this relationship with him and become a follower of Jesus. And today's your day. It will be the greatest day that you've ever had because you'll enter into a lifelong, eternal relationship with the living God. Amen? Amen. So I want, th- I want us to do this. I want everyone to bow their heads. I want you to just think for a moment of what I've, what I've spoken about, about one cross. That means one sacrifice that was good enough to cleanse you of every failure that you've committed. You don't have to live burdened anymore. You don't have to walk around with this heaviness that sin brings. It can be lifted off today through the power of the cross of Jesus. And then there's one man. That one man loved you so much that he chose to come to this earth. And can I tell you something, beloved? If you would have been the only person, let me say this, Jesus would have came for you because he loves you that much. And there's a world that was changed forever. Beloved, God wants to change your world today. And for those, those of us that have given our lives to Christ, we can testify that our, our world has changed for the good because of the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Now I want to invite you. And more importantly than that, God wants to invite you today to embrace His forgiveness and embrace his love and embrace his restoration. You'll never be the same if you do that. If that's you today, just raise your hand so that the Lord can see that. Yes, I see your hand. Keep your hand up. Anyone? I see your hand in the back. Yes, yes, I see your hand. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. 
Do me a favor, keep your hands up. Everyone else with your heads down. This is between you and the Lord. Just keep your hands up. If you, yes, yes, just keep that hand up because I want, I want to be sure. Anyone else, just raise your hand and say, you know what, I'm giving my life to Jesus because he gave his life for me. Anyone else? Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Pray this with me. Everyone together. God, I am a sinner who needs your forgiveness. Thank you for sending your son to offer me a new life and complete forgiveness. I confess that Jesus Christ died for my sins on the cross at Calvary. I also believe he rose from the dead on the third day, just like the scriptures foretold. Today I choose to follow him in the fellowship of his church. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.